0: Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow, focusing on advanced manufacturing innovations, solutions, and partnerships that exist in our region now and in the future. Hello there. You are listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host for this segment. Today we are speaking with Dave Majewski. Dave is a regional industry manager for Rockwell Automation responsible for manufacturing business in the eastern region of the US. In this role, he leads architecture developments in industry verticals, including power generation and advanced energy. He also develops partnerships in industrial markets and universities. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about Rockwell. You're primarily in automation powers and controls,
1: correct? Yes. So we're the company as a whole is solely focused on industrial manufacturing and automation solutions for uh, manufacturing systems. And so in in terms of what your
0: company manufactures uh, and automation technology, how do you stay competitive? Um,
1: So innovation certainly plays a key role. And uh, one of the areas that I would say we pride ourselves on is not just innovation in technology, but innovation in organizational structure, innovation in people development, innovation in recruiting. So focusing on more than just technology, but also on cultural evolution is critical to uh, success there.
0: Well, it sounds like you're in a, uh, a highly competitive space and uh, and actually in um When a colleague was asking me last week about the latest trends in manufacturing, I mentioned to him uh, that uh, internet of things, uh, cloud computing, uh, mobility, data analytics were all uh, a part of the process and he was surprised. So, uh, and I know Rockwell is definitely in the space. So how does that uh, relate to uh, what you do and uh, what you've termed the connected enterprise?
1: Yeah, so if, if we spun the clock back 10 years or so, you'd probably find that a lot of the industrial devices, things that control the speed and position of motors, things that measure physical properties in process control systems, were all on some proprietary network. And ironically, you'd find that in business school, they even taught that the levels in a manufacturing enterprise and who you do business with should dictate how your company's organized. So technology was actually defining not only how these devices connected and how we use them, but also how we organized our, our companies to manufacture. And so what's happened in this last decade is nearly every one of those devices, from the things that control motors to the things that measure physical properties of goods that we're producing, are now connected on a common ethernet network or... Internet of Things network. So in unprecedented numbers, literally millions of factory floor devices have connected up to that common enterprise network and given us an unprecedented view of information that we've never had access to before. So it seems
0: as uh, as if... Um... You know, when it comes to the uh, you know, accessing the data from the devices and support them remotely, in an earlier conversation we were talking about how those systems had were uh, separated, and and now they've become connected. So, um, is there anything more that uh, you could say about the Internet of Things? Uh, there was a recent uh, Fortune Magazine article about, uh, about the, uh, the influence of, of this in, on the factory floor. And uh, I think when uh, um, they were surveyed, when companies were surveyed, it was surprising to me that um, I think 30% didn't know much about it.
1: Yep. So it, it's really probably one of the largest opportunities and challenges that organizations face today. So, uh, in some regards, security is also at the centerpiece of this. So, in in the good news is, every device on your enterprise network is connected to a single network, and you can access it, and have the technology capability to access it from anywhere in the world. That's also the bad news. And so, in addition to that, I think a lot of the buzzwords that you typically hear that aren't associated with manufacturing today are. So things like big data, mobility, cloud computing, those would be things that you might isolate to IT conversations or uh, enterprise level discussions. And now all the things that we use to manufacture products are part of that discussion. So their connectivity into this network has created literally massive amounts of data that needs to be converted into information for it to really be useful. And just a simple example, energy data in a in a manufacturing floor and maybe even down to a more granular level, a line or a machine is is really not that useful unless I can correlate and connect it to things like production information and labor and and other things that that drive context around that that data.
0: That is definitely something that I've, I've seen as is, is a major issue, is having all of that data and not knowing what to do with it. There's just so much data coming in. So um, actually, uh, one I was curious. We, we had talked about uh, Rockwell's presence in the Midwest region. And so I wanted to um, get your uh, perspective on what do you think are the key features of this region that make it a, a good place to do business? Yeah, so for sure.
1: Um we have a great work ethic and great culture in the area. It's also the heartbeat of manufacturing in North America. And then if you look at the infrastructure that wraps around it, the universities that supply engineers and technical resources and marketing and business and management people into our workforce is really critical. Probably you know, it wouldn't be any surprise, but Rockwell, but also all of our customers and partners are facing an aging workforce that's retiring. And with that, an evolution of technology where we're automating manufacturing processes and we're not replacing line workers, but we need engineers and technicians and and designers and people with skill sets that our university base here in the region all throughout the Midwest is is just a great place to uh, to see a skilled workforce emerge and be able to meet the demand of the the retiring baby boomers,
0: so what do you think the issue is? Do you think it's a misperception about uh, the way manufacturing works? or uh, I mean, what would you think would be uh, the 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 main issue? if there is one issue, I think it is several
1: yeah. i i I believe it's always more complex than a single thing, but, If you think about tipping points, I believe that manufacturing's been portrayed as a dirty, stagnant career for a long time. And that's been embedded not only in the kids that are growing up today, but in their parents. And they've also viewed manufacturing as a trend that was shifting out of the US and that manufacturing jobs weren't going to be available. And the ones that were, were, you know, not good for a a career or or a family. And I believe that the exact opposite is is true. And in fact, you know, recently we've seen the buzzwords and next shoring or onshoring and higher energy costs, the evolution of automation, the Internet of Things and connected enterprise have actually enabled manufacturing to start to reshore back to North America. Uh, to get closer to not only the points of consumption, but also to that skilled workforce that we can supply in North America to build and design versus manual labor roles that were typically associated with manufacturing jobs.
0: Well, from speaking with you, I can tell you definitely have a passion in this area. So uh, I want to ask you, how did you
1: get involved with Rockwell? Uh, hmm. (laughs) So... uh, I, I worked for a machinery company and then for an engineering firm for a number of years and using Rockwell's products. I eventually worked for one of our distributors and then um, came to work for Rockwell. Uh, I actually started my career uh, with Rockwell in the Pittsburgh marketplace and then eventually moved to Cleveland
0: and uh, it seems like you travel quite a bit in the state. What um, what, what do you do in your position?
1: Um, so I, I'm responsible for the sales of our platforms and solutions in the eastern region of the U.S. And so uh, we have a team of people in that region that are essentially looking to help manufacturers solve the problems that they face in manufacturing their goods.
0: I think you would even mention before that that uh, you're involved in uh, and uh, even diapers and, yep. and
1: other cons, you know other manufactured products. Yeah. So the, the it's kind of interesting the people that work on our teams they just absolutely love what they do and I think some of the the reasons behind that are we're so diversified across such a broad segment of industry and. If I were describing what we do to a family member or someone who doesn't really even understand the industry or, or manufacturing, you can literally start your day, even in my Hampton and Hotel this morning, and you can, um, the water treatment and the water that was treated that you use to you know shower and bathe and brush your teeth and the wastewater and the toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, paper products. uh cars, fuel, even the electricity that's generated, we probably played some hand in the production of that. So uh, we were a company that maybe doesn't have significant brand recognition outside of the manufacturing sector, but we probably touch everyone's life in North America in some way every day.
0: In terms of the innovative environment that Rockwell's in, what types of partnerships are you involved in? And, and you know, are you? Uh, do you have some involvement in any of the uh, university consortiums? Or are there other partners outside of Rockwell that that you work with to stay innovative?
1: Uh, so universities play a key role. We spend a lot of time uh, with universities, uh, both in the state, but also around the world. We also do participate in uh, manufacturing consortiums and third party work groups. So those are key. And then I think probably the most significant area is just spending time with our customer base, understanding their needs both today and into tomorrow, and watching those evolving trends and understanding what role we need to play to keep our customers competitive.
0: Yeah, I think you'd mentioned uh, in an earlier conversation that uh, you were involved in a consortium that was formed in Purdue in the 70s. Uh,
1: so uh, earlier, the, the model that I was even describing earlier around the connected enterprise and the uh, internet of things uh, was is a model that's adopted today in industry, uh, and it's called the Purdue model. And it describes those organizational structures that were tied to the networks that things were connected on and the vendors that you would do business with, and it made sense to organize your, your company that way. I think a lot of the challenges that manufacturers are facing today aren't really as much about technology. They're more about they're victims of technology. And so culturally, there's a clash. Departments that never had to work together before are now being forced to work together. So engineers and maintenance people are having to sit down at the same room or at the same table with IT and operations people to discuss a new line or new improvements that are being done to a production process. And that's something that they're not used to. The The devices now are all connected to that network and the consolidation of where these different manufacturing systems connect are are really not the same as they were when that model was drafted up uh, years ago.
0: So in terms of more recent activities, uh, do you have any partnerships with uh, any of the Ohio universities, given that uh, we're, we're in Ohio right now? I thought I would ask that question.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, uh, partnerships with Ohio State and with Case Western and also with Kent State University uh, at a a more official level, but we also participate with almost any of the universities that have some focus on manufacturing and engineering. And we, we look to them to, uh, not only supply us with talent, but also to see how we can support them in supplying our customers and the manufacturing base in the state.
0: Given what you've mentioned about Rockwell, uh, what would surprise us about your company? Um,
1: so I think the, The first thing would probably be just all the diversity in the things we touch, like I had mentioned, everything from water to cars to power to I I think most Americans would probably be surprised at what a significant role we play in the things they touch and use and consume. The other thing that seems to be a surprise for most of the people in the state is Our headquarters are in Milwaukee, but the headquarters for our architecture and software business is actually in Mayfield Heights. And so we're a global leader in automation platforms and the controls and information software solutions are actually headquartered right here just outside of Cleveland. So in what would be deemed as maybe a rust belt market space, we're not only designing but manufacturing high-technology solutions from plant floor to software enterprise solutions right here in the state.
0: You employ quite a lot of individuals there, don't you?
1: Yes. So in, in our facility in between Mayfield Heights, Twinsburg, and Mayfield Village, so we have three locations that are major manufacturing and engineering design headquarters, we, we employ about 2,700 people.
0: That's probably one of the larger employers in that area, isn't it?
1: Um, I would think so, yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Dave, we've really enjoyed having you on the show, and, uh, and thanks again.
1: Yeah, thank you.